This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. What's up, lady? Welcome back to Lady Talk Radio. I am your host, Stacey Ray, and this is episode number 49 with Ashley Beals. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by WeAreLadyAlpha.com, our online and offline community for ambitious women, where we start conversations that empower you and help move you forward so you can have the fierce and fulfilling life you know you want. If you are digging our vibe here, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't dig our vibe. We're pretty freaking cool and you're cool, so we're just vibing. But if you are digging the vibe, maybe you want to expand on this conversation or have more conversations like this with an amazing group of women, you can join us in our free online Facebook community called The Lady Posse. The link to do that is in the show notes, or you can just search us out on Facebook, The Lady Posse, and we will add you in. We would absolutely love to meet you. And really what I'm so passionate about is just bringing women together to have some of these real conversations about what it's like, you know, doing the thing, making things happen, leaning into life. So we've got a really cool, real community happening there, and we would love to hang out with you. So, and the amazing ladies that come on the show are also in that group, ready to answer your questions and hang out with you too. So if there's, you know, anybody that you listen to on this show that you'd love to connect with, they're often in that group also. So today we are chatting with Ashley Beals. If you do not know who she is, she's amazing. She is a business coach and Meraki strategist, which she's going to share with us what that means. And she's guiding highly driven, soulful entrepreneurs that have an unwavering ambition to share and showcase their unique gifts, but struggle maybe a little bit with that sense of direction or that strategic implementation. So by guiding her clients through her business under structure that encompasses mindset, creativity, and visibility, they're able to monetize their services and finally blow the damn lid off their business, which is what we all really want. So, um, and we also just got into some really cool, you know, real conversations. I mean, that's what we do here about social media, vulnerability, dealing with illness, different things that go on in the background for us as women in business as well. So super real, honest, beautiful conversation that we had, and I'm just so looking forward to sharing it with you. So let's get into it. Hey, Ashley, welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I am so excited about having you on the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we got kind of randomly introduced on Facebook. And, you know, you just know when you know when it's your people and there's something to talk about and connect on. And you were totally one of those people for me. So um, why don't you give us a little look behind the scenes these days? Like what's going on in your life? Kind of give us the the overview. Yeah, well, I guess for those of listeners who don't know me. My name is Ashley Beals. I'm a business coach and Meraki strategist for <clears throat> highly driven soul entrepreneurs, highly driven soul entrepreneurs who have this, what I call like an unwavering ambition to really show up and showcase their unique gifts, but maybe struggle with like strategic implementation and the more masculine sides of the business. So I really help guide them to honor their feminine energy and masculine energy in their business to really blow the damn lid off the thing. And lately in life for me, that's been to take a break from kind of all things. I've actually just got back yesterday. No, today, today, it's still Wednesday. Today is my first day back um, in three weeks. So I really just have been taking a break from business, if you will, which I've never done before. And just kind of trusting that process and seeing where it takes me. And I'm, I'm back today. Nice. Cool. Give us the, um, 
What does Meraki stand for? Because I knew that I kind of understood the word just because I had a friend that, that kind of changed her name to that. And there was like just some different things that had gone on there. Um, so I've heard the term before, but I know it's not a super, you know, familiar term. So what does that mean for you? And what, um, what does it mean in terms of Meraki strategist? Yeah, good. Yeah, great question. So Meraki is a Greek word. And it means to leave a piece of yourself or your soul in something that you create. Hmm. So as a Meraki strategist, I really help guide my clients to begin to understand their inner voice that has all their messages and their wisdom and all their goodies that they're creating and to leave a piece of themselves in the creation of that. So putting our Meraki, our soul into our brand, letting that extend to our content, letting that extend to the packages we create and put out there into the world and really in everything we do, but specifically in business, that's kind of what it looks like. Um, And really just the conversations they have with their clients or customers as well, just really working from a place of their authentic self and being okay, showcasing that and, and letting that always evolve too. And putting that evolution into our business. Cause as we evolve, our business is going to evolve as well. Yeah. Beautiful. How did you get into this work? Yeah. So really good question. I guess it, I don't know if I found it or it found me, but I was actually in a master's program that was dedicated around educational leadership and administration. And I, I started this program after I was in dentistry for a little while, which was my first career. And I thought I wanted to teach dentistry and about a week into this program, I realized that that is not what I wanted to do. And I kind of just was like, ah, fuck, like, I I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Here I am working full time and I'm full time now in school and just like, what the hell am I doing? And I just kind of took a break. And when I did that, I found a program in coaching and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And it was revolving around food. I was a health coach and that was my first business. And I just like fell in love with it. And I, I fell in love with the nutrition part. Sure. Cause that's what I needed in my life at that time. But the coaching part, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I decided to merge my, at that time, educational program into an additional program, which was about coaching. So that's kind of how I found the the coaching space. That's my nutshell version of the story. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I always love hearing kind of the origin, like where we start with these things. Cause I know there's a lot of new coaches and women who are wanting to start coaching and stuff like that, that listen to the show. And what has it been like for you in terms of where you started to where you are now? Like what were some of the pivotal lessons or learnings along the way? If you had to like encapsulate them into a couple chunks. Yeah. So if you asked me this last week, I would have gave you a totally different <laughs> I love that. answer, but the last couple of weeks taking this break, I really, um, like had a little another nugget that really hit me hard. So I'll share that. But my first one is really making this space for your business. You know, when I was in dentistry, it was really hard for me to leave what I thought was security, which was a pretty nice paycheck and benefits and a 401k and all the things we we're kind of designed to think we want or need. And we subscribe to this like modality of life that this is success. And it was really hard for me to subscribe to that mindset and really believe all of that kind of stuff meant I would be successful and work on my business. Like the two just didn't go hand in hand. And so 
my advice would be making sacred space. If that means quitting your job, fine. If that means cutting back in your job, fine. If that means working weekends to work on your business, fine. But really just creating that sacred space for you to be able to serve from a full cup in in whatever you're creating, whether it's a coaching business or, you know, you want to be an online business manager, whatever that is. And really putting two feet into it instead of having one foot in and one foot out in, in kind of teeter tottering back and forth. I think the, the commitment piece is, is huge. That would be my first, first thing. My second thing would be so that I guess I think of the first step is like, that's like the masculine part of us, right? That has to like decide and commit and get ready and make space and strategize and organize how we're going to do all the things. But I think the second thing on more of like the feminine side of us is just trusting our intuition and dropping the how, remembering that it's not our business to figure out how it's going to work. So if you want to one day have your own business and not be in your nine to five anymore, instead of strategizing and thinking, how the hell am I going to make this happen? How am I going to afford to hire the coach to make this happen? How am I ever going to afford to hire a virtual assistant to help me or a personal assistant? Instead of worrying about the how, I think just getting committed and, and, Mm -hmm. and putting it out there to the universe, what it is you want and allowing the how to meet you halfway, because the how is really just simply not our business. It's not our business at all, actually. So letting that go and, and letting it kind of find you. And my last piece of advice, which has really hit me the last couple of weeks, would be giving yourself permission to rewrite your story and allowing yourself to write a new story and live your life by it instead of attaching all your old stories to write your life, if that makes sense. Totally. I'm kind of yeah. still verbalizing this, so I'm not, I'm not even sure if I'm saying this right, but yeah, sometimes we become attached to different versions of ourselves and we think that that is our story and we can't veer from it mm-hmm. and we become attached to it and we allow it to keep us paralyzed. Cause we're like, Oh no, my story is that I'm, you know, say somebody listening and you're like in the corporate world, and you're like, no, I'm a corporate boss. Like I, you know, I'm a striver. I'm a doer. I can't take time off work and go on like a retreat in Costa Rica. That's so not my personality. And like allowing that story of yourself to enable you from doing what, what the next step is and being okay, contradicting yourself, changing your mind, evolving. And, um, yeah, just not becoming really attached to the other versions of you, especially if you're in business, because if you're an entrepreneur, we're usually sharing our stories and it becomes kind of like part of our brand. And then we're like, oh shit, not only now do I have to rewrite my story, but now I have to like make it clean my business. So it's, it's more seen and visible. So it's a little scarier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, 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 those would be my three nuggets. Yeah. I really enjoy the, the rewriting of the story. That's been really true for me too. And just that, that like openness to, to pivot you know, and know when we just get to like add onto the story, like we're always evolving. It's like that whole thing of like blow your own damn mind. Like you, there's parts of you that, you know, haven't really even been exposed yet or honored yet, or, you know, really pulled out into your business. Like there's things that you want to share and create that you maybe never have before that maybe you don't even know you can. So yeah, I'm all about those new experiences and kind of shedding back those layers and witnessing ourselves in different ways. I so hear you on that. 
Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that we're catching you on the tail end of this like three week, you know, (laughs) you know, not only what you're working towards, you're also like resting towards it and like allowing yourself to ease into it. And this next chapter is so cool. We talk a lot on the show about, you know, being in business and then the real life stuff that goes along with that. And I know that you have a really beautiful story. Obviously, we all do. And just how we navigate, you know, being a woman, a human being, and then also showing up for our business consistently and while we're going through other stuff in the background in our personal life. Um, what's that been like for you in terms of like navigating your health, your mindset, your your overall like personal experience and showing up in your business um, the way that you do? Yeah, so it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a practice because there's times where it's not natural and there's times where we as entrepreneurs who are storytellers and sharers question like, oh, am I oversharing? Am I mm-hmm. am I overtelling? Is it too soon? Is it a fresh wound that I need to let sit and heal and then share later? Do I have to share it period? So for me that's kind of what it looks like is trying to just trust what I need to share is what I need to share and what I'm not ready to share about. I'm not ready to share about, um, for me recently. And we talked about a a bit about this, Stacey, me and you is, is my health. So in July, I had a surgery that didn't go as planned. And in the process, I, uh, apparently aspirated something into my left lung and my vocal cord, my left vocal cord is partially paralyzed. And what that looked like is not breathing very well or, you know, one hour post-op, I brought that up right away. Like I can't breathe. And then there was this expectation to come back from that and go in my business full time. And I had just, let's see, surgery was July 20th. And I had just been fired from my dentistry gig on July 13th. I was only working one and a half to two days a week, but that was like my security blanket. And that was really scary to leave. So when I got fired, I was super excited because I had been praying that I'd be fired. But then like this health thing happened. I was like, Oh shit. Like, how am I going to, how do I process all this and still show up in my business? And honestly, at the time it looked like almost dissociating from my health thing and just showing up full time in my business, unfortunately. And I really strived and pushed and, and went and went and went until slowly my body just like got worse. And was like, no, this isn't, this isn't how it happens. This isn't what you're going to do here. And as I began to share the story, instead of ignoring it, which I did for many months, I not only started to feel a little bit better, but business just became easier. And that really hit me by taking these last three weeks off. I mean, same thing. I, you know, you learn a little bit and you go back and you think you're going to do it differently. And I did the same thing. I went back to business. I tapped into what's really easy for me to get that highly ambitious masculine energy out. Mm-hmm. and uh, thought I like had learned my lesson in the same thing. Like I just ended up being exhausted and I wasn't having fun. That's when I knew I needed a break. Like I was not excited to get on my calls for the day or write content for the week or work on the membership program. We're trying to launch. Like I was just like done with it. And I was like this, I've never felt before. Like, what is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And the big thing that came to me was just rest and vacation and, <laughs> go sit at the spa every damn day and just like chill out. And um yeah, that was that was so needed. So yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, I think it looks different and we just have to kind of like figure it out. I guess I don't have a magic answer for the for this question. It's just kind of one of those things, you know, 
we take it day by day and, and do what feels good. And when it doesn't, you stop doing it and you pivot and you change and you evolve and you learn and you come back and, and maybe you figured it out and maybe you didn't and you learn all over again. Right. It's totally the feminine <laughs> way too, right? To not be so rigid about it and to not have yeah. those like heightened you know, expectations of ourselves, but when things are showing up in our health or our, our, you know, relationships or whatever that we get to also just choose in that moment, you know, um, it's an interesting conversation because there's a lot of, um, just recently, this has been really up for a lot of women in my community and stuff is like when to really firmly stand in our commitment for something. And then, you know, when to sort of give a little bit of flexibility, and, you know, I know that there's a lot of conversations around the masculine and feminine energies and how we're showing up in our work and stuff. What's kind of your take on that? Like, cause I also think there's probably lots more gradients than just all in or all out, but what do you, right. what do you kind of see in terms of maybe your own experience or, or women that you work with and showing up in their business? Like when to bring flexibility or when to just really stand clear and maybe ask for support? Yeah, I guess my, my main answer is just like make sure it's fun. Like if for you, mm, yeah. really committed is fun, then cool. And if it feels like a chore, it feels like a to-do list. It feels like something to check off at the end of the day and it's feeling shitty. Um, then that's the time for flexibility. Kind of the way I think of it too, is like be trying to become as balanced as we can. I don't, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast for another time for us, but about balance, like, I don't even know if I think balance exists, but <laughs> you and I share that. Yeah. <laughs> as like close as we can and here I am using my hands even though no one can see them yeah <laughs> you know like a teeter-totter you know it kind of like goes back and forth but I try to think of that with the masculine and feminine energy as someone who's very soulful and spiritual a lot of people assume I might be very feminine but I'm also very ambitious and very driven and that's my my go-to like that's what like comes up in me is like strive go push endure and then I've like got this voice in the back of my head which is like, no, rest, surrender. So my masculine is definitely stronger. But what I try to do is really feel into the the feminine energy every single day and making that a to-do. So there's like the balance, right? The to-do part of me that needs a checklist. It's like, cool, we have a checklist, we have a strategy. But the activities are like, take a hot bath. Mm-hmm. Make sure you meet your per- personal trainer today at 3 p.m. and take care of yourself. Go to yoga tonight, you know? And as I do that, I'm able to get more balance. And then when I have to shift into one of them, like right now we're selling a house and I had to make a decision with who to pick with these offers. And the masculine side of me could have been like, oh, this person with the cash offer, that makes the most sense. But my intuition was so strong. Like, no, something is off with these people and their representation. This isn't feeling good. And I like made that place from the feminine. But then like, Today, when we're strategizing a launch, I might bring more of the masculine energy in. And so when I'm more balanced, I'm able to shift quicker and tip the scale when I need and then like come back, tip the scale when I need and come back. Mm -hmm. So I think it's to answer the question and with my clients as well, I would answer it with just trying to figure out which energy you're leading from and honor that by incorporating the other. And then just trusting what you need to do to get to that balance so you can shift quickly and tap into what you need to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned trust a couple of times and that like checking in, like that is just hands down for me been 
I mean, there's no like magic button or strategy outside of like just really tapping into ourselves, yeah. <laughs> like really getting our own inner workings and just checking in with ourselves. Because even when you said the word trust earlier and, you know, going through the health experience that you did and, and coming to where you were, I'm sure there were many moments in there where you had to really dig deep and trust yourself and checking in and like, what do I need now? And what does this look like? And I know that you were sharing with me a little bit before when we were kind of chatting about having this conversation was that um, there were certain things in like how you were showing up after having this health challenge and kind of feeling into your body that were kind of like more challenging for you. And I know for a lot of the women on here, we don't, you know, we don't always want to share everything, like you said, and we're checking in on like, what am I sharing? What am I not sharing? Um, What did you notice about like when you did share that made your work even more meaningful for you? I think that's the question I want to ask. Yeah. So when I did share what made my work more meaningful, I remember when I shared about my health, a a lot more attention, like I got Mm -hmm. more attention that I wasn't ready for. Like people were really curious and following up more. A couple people sent me little gifts and all school things, but it was kind of this, and this is like, not the answer you're probably, you know, not that you're looking for an answer, but this is not like what I expected was I actually was really triggered by all of it. Mm. And I was feeling guilty for not feeling more thankful. Like, wow, people are caring, you know, enough to check in with me. And, And what it was is a lot of people were telling me like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't, I have breathing issues too. Here's an essential oil that really helps me. Here's this that helps me. And I had been so overwhelmed with doing that to myself for so many months, trying to find the magic pill, trying to find the essential oil blend, trying to find the diet, trying to find the doctor who would take this air hunger, shortness of breath away from me. And what I really learned in that process was not only are people just humans trying to help and share their experiences, which is what I teach people to do every single day, but they're also going to project possibly their own stories. Like some people would be, you could tell just like got a glimpse of the story maybe and would say, Oh, I have asthma too. And I'm like, wait, I don't, I don't have asthma, but yeah, it still helped them. So they have their own version of what they think I was going through. And even though sometimes it wasn't the case and I was getting like weirdly like confused by it, I was like, but it's still helping them. Now they feel confident going and doing their workshop with their asthma. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the other big one for me was I was uh, a speaker at a summit about a month ago and I was practicing my speech actually where I'm about where I'm sitting right now before I went. And in my speech, I I talk about kind of what we talked about a few minutes ago, like dropping the how, making a decision, committing, dropping what that's going to look like. And I was sitting there on my oxygen machine, my really sexy oxygen tank. And I was like, you know what? I just have to decide that I'm done with this stupid thing. Like, I think this is becoming a crutch because I, I once was scared to like show up on my client calls or Facebook live with the oxygen tank in. And then I got way too comfortable with it where I was actually uncomfortable not having it on because I was like, what if something happens and I don't have enough oxygen? Oh my God, what's that going to look like? So I was just doing that speech and like, I was like, I have to practice what I'm freaking preaching here. Like I needed to decide that I'm done with this oxygen tank and that it's not serving me. I don't even think it's helping my breathing anymore. I think it's just helping me mentally. Right. 
And I turned the oxygen in the next day and I went down to do that speaking gig without the oxygen. And I didn't even think about it. Like once I had decided that I was done with it, there was no like ego trip. There was no worry. There was no anxiety because I'd made such like this, like a soul decision. There was Mm -hmm. no wavering choices to make. Um, So I think again, to answer that question, I'm going to refer to my first answer of whatever you asked me in the beginning of the podcast was, is to just decide yeah, and drop the how it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I remember seeing your post, I think it was on Instagram or maybe Facebook. I don't remember where you were declaring that, like, I just decided that this, that I'm now done with this piece. And like that in and of itself, like sharing that it wasn't for other people. It was for you to like Mm -hmm. really show and stand in that, that choice, which I think is such a powerful piece. Like we've talked about that a a few times on this show, like all the other things don't matter if you're not making a clear choice, you know, we can have all the the other strategies in the book, but if we're not truly deciding that this is, this is where it ends or this is where it begins, then it's like, it doesn't really matter. Right. I love what you spoke to about the, I always think of it as like staying in our lane, like lovingly showing up for people and offering maybe our gifts or being curious about what their experience is, but that like, we have our own path. And I have this hunch because I, I recently shared a post about my, uh, like my, my issues with acne over the past year. I was going to say my mm-hmm. struggle and it doesn't really feel like a struggle. It was just more my experience of it. And I noticed the same thing. I had about, I think about 15 ish responses from people really wanting to push their, like their thing on me. And I was like, that's really cool. Like I really appreciate it. And that's your path. And when you come at me with that, it almost feels like you don't trust mine. And so I'm yeah. curious, like, because this is also you support women and, and maybe men too. I don't know if you only work with women. I just, women okay. Um, where is that? Like, how can we dance that line of giving our gifts fully and being clear about like who we are and what we do while also honoring people's like their path? Because we're seeing this huge like influx now. We've got social media up the yin yang. We've got all these different things going on, groups, whatever. Um, and we're seeing this sort of, I, I am anyways, this sort of threading out of like some of the really hyper salesy kind of glossing over people's, you know, it's almost like manufactured authenticity and just kind of mm-hmm. just regurgitating stuff versus like connecting and building relationships with people. I would yeah. love to hear where you see that, that um, just an opportunity or maybe something for people to consider as they're doing that and communicating with people and, and wanting to share their gifts. I think the answer you just gave to how you responded to the people giving you their regimens or whatever about what helped their acne, that response of like, Oh, that's really cool. That that was your path, but like, here's mine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to remember. I'm not going to lie. It's been a struggle for me just with this health thing, hearing other people's suggestions and opinions. Like it was, it was hard. And even that post you talked about that I posted where I said, I'm getting off my oxygen. I had so many people messaged me most more like close family and friends be like, was, did your, does your doctor know about this? Like mm. what's your doctor think about this? And I just like, honestly, I just didn't answer because sometimes I just, you don't have a place to do so. Yeah. And the other times I think remember, like if it's triggering you, right. As, as a person who posts and shares something and someone has a response, if it's triggering you and you're like annoyed or frustrated, just seeing like, Okay. Why am I frustrated? Why am I annoyed? Why am I triggered? And seeing the ways in which we probably do that ourselves and give unsolicited advice. Right. 
And then the other half is like, how can I honor their story to maybe help and guide them honor other people's stories? So Mm. as you share what you share and as you get the response you do, you can respond again lovingly and gently reflect that like, this is just your truth and you love that they have their own. Thanks for sharing your truth with me. And you're kind of reminding them, you know, uh, gently and lovingly and just having trust that that's part of your job you know, showing up boldly and being a leader and being an expert and whatever it is you're an expert in. Um, and, and knowing that that's okay because it's your content and they're responding to it and you're allowed to respond back. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, allowing them to have their own perception because it's helpful, even if it's totally, you know, not aligned with you. So staying in your own lane, knowing what's your business and their business and God's business and and kind of just leaving it at that. But um, yeah. I'd be lying if I said this wasn't a struggle for me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not great at it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and I so hear you on that. And I think um, I just, I'm curious if anyone listening to this relates to hesitating to share specific things because they fear that. They fear that kind yeah. of unfolding of everybody's opinions or people worrying and the fear, oh, did people, you know, like, did your doctor approve this? Like those kinds of comments. And that can feel super challenging, you know, in, mm-hmm. in your experience of this, you know, in, in starting to really like lean in and you, you do share lots of your personal experience through your business and sharing that with people. Um, does it get easier? Do you notice? Yeah, I think it gets easier because I don't, I'm not as concerned with it. I remember the the first time I shared stuff, people were triggered by it. And then I would be like, oh man, I can't share anymore. I don't want to piss any people off. And now I've realized, I don't want to say it's everybody's job to trigger people, but I have realized that it's part of mine, whether I'm intentional. I mean, I'm never intentional about it. I don't sit down and think I'm going <laughs> to piss someone off today. But when I do, I'm, I just remind myself, I'm like, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. If my job is to just piss them off and trigger them and give them shadows of the things that are within themselves and whatever, mm-hmm. and the other half of people might resonate with it and whatever. So it doesn't matter. I've learned that it doesn't matter anymore if I, if they hate me or love me and that either way, it's kind of the same. It's affected them in some way that they're remembering and like my work has done its job. My story has been mm-hmm. shared and that's really like at my core, that is my mission to just show up and share my gifts with the world. And I think that I have a divine responsibility to do so. And that's why I help women do the same thing. Cause I think we all have a divine responsibility to do so. So I just come back to my mission and I remember that no matter what response they're having, I've done my job and you know, it is what it is, but I, do, I would say it gets easier. And, and, this next stage right now, I'm learning to ignore some comments. Like I don't need to respond back. I'm not being mean. I don't have any responsibility or expectation to respond to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone on the online space, that's totally like helpful to know because you're going to get Facebook messages. You're going to get comments you don't want to respond to. Um, Sometimes you're not going to see it. You're going to miss something, right? So giving your permission to not be perfect and you can forget you can choose not to answer and you can honestly just miss it and not even see it. So there's a lot of uh, permission. I think we have to give ourselves to do the work we do and even more permission if you do so online. Cause as you said, it's, it's a bigger space. People are coming into the industries every single day mm-hmm. and leaving the industries every single day and up leveling in their industry every single day. 
the change is constant. So yeah, I'd say giving permission. And when you do that, it gets much easier. If you don't give yourself permission, it's going to stay the same or get, get worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. It really reminds me of like that, that obligation, like versus like being super selective of just our capacity, what we're allowing in and what we're really committed to, you know, like I know when I first started out and even when I had a a different podcast before, I noticed myself like kind of like, like overextending and over like wanting to just create all these things and, and always responding and always being in that state. And it's like, there's definitely something to be said about just really honoring your very clear lines around that and just being like, actually, this is not totally in service of me to do that all the time. Right. So I think that's really, I think that's really cool. Um, As you say this, I'm thinking, you know how Facebook, Facebook pages will tell you someone's response rate? Yes. Okay. So as you say this, I'm remembering (laughs) like when I used to have like a hundred percent response rate and the other day, um, I don't know if someone brought it to my attention or if I saw it, it was like 78%. And I was weirdly happy with it. So I was like, you know how <laughs> That's a good percentage. People saying hello. Like sometimes you get the messages from like guys in other countries who are just like, hello, would you like to fly and live with me for seven days? Like, no, I'm not answering that just to get a hundred percent response yeah. rate. Off. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So I remember like looking at that 78% or whatever it was. And I was like, Ooh, that feels good. Like I remember years ago making sure it was always at a hundred and, and using that like striving energy to make sure answering all the people where now I'm like, Oh, I get to be selective with who I want to answer. (laughs) It's not my job to make you all happy and answer all your questions and your marriage proposals and your flying across the country to live with the stranger proposals. Right. Mm, So yeah. Yeah. it, It gets easier. Just when you said that, like, make everyone happy, I think that a lot of people are burning themselves out in the making everyone happy, for sure. Mm -hmm. And just, Mm -hmm. I was kind of giggling, I wrote it down, like, permission to do 78%. (laughs) Permission. (laughs) I love it. So good. So good. You mentioned, like, you know, our divine responsibility in sharing our gifts and showing up for the people that we are here to show up for. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you, like like in the, you know, the natural evolution of our story and the things that come up and the struggles we face and the, you know, the the things that we overcome in our lives, do you believe that it is our responsibility to also move through those things and then share them? I think it's our responsibility to trust which things are of importance Mm, to share. For me, there's definitely nothing I leave off the table there are moments and right now I'm going through one of them and I did the same thing with my health where I was like, I know I have to share this, but I'm not ready. Yeah. You know? And, and sometimes like with the health thing, there was like a period of exhaustion. So when I got ready to share it, I was like, I have to like create some space around this. And right now I have a lot I want to share, but I'm like, okay, I just came from this resting period. I know that I can't go all back in a hundred percent of this, like enduring, striving, pushing, sharing mindset, or I'm going to end up in the same place. So I think it's our divine responsibility to share our unique gifts, but it doesn't always have to be like a divine. I I don't believe there's a divine responsibility to share everything all the time. Mm -hmm. I might've said yes to that like a year ago, but I've really embraced keeping some stuff to myself. I'm a very open book personally, professionally, online, offline. And so it's felt really good to keep some things to myself or to a close friend as I'm processing And just be like, I can't wait to share this when it's time, but it's just not feeling like it's time. Mm 
And knowing the difference between alignment, like when it's aligned and when it's not aligned and just fear, right? If you're, if your story is always, oh, I'm not ready to share this. I'm not ready to share this. I'm not ready to share this. That's one thing. But if you're a little bit like me, like maybe a chatterbox or a storyteller and just like love sharing, you can, you can pause and be like, oh, am I ready to share this? Am I oversharing? Why am I oversharing? Why am I taking up so much space with conversation? And kind of inward reflect on like why that is. And I, I found that a big importance to my personality type and my chatterbox tendencies. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's like, what's, what's the purpose here is always been a a big one for me is like, why am I sharing this? Is it for me? Is it to air the laundry? Is it because I believe it can Mm -hmm. truly support somebody? Is it to connect with people? Like just checking in on that why behind there and just, yeah, I love that. Just taking a little bit of an internal inventory. Um, You've mentioned like, like, I know this is so much of the work that you do. And I really know that there are some beautiful women who are stuck in this sort of like, what do I do? How do I figure that out? How do I get more clear? Um, and I know that in in a lot of the work that you do, that strategic implementation and getting clear on their Meraki, is it Meraki statement? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Meraki yeah. statement, yeah. Like what would be, you know, for anybody who's listening to this and going, okay, I definitely need that. <laughs> or this is definitely where I'm at. You know, what would be one of the first steps for them to start moving in that direction outside of obviously hiring you and working with you? Yeah. I think getting clear on what you want and how you want to feel getting really clear on what it is you do or want to do who it is you serve or want to serve and how you do it. And what results do these people get when working with you or buying your product or hiring you or freelancing with you, whatever partnering with you, whatever it is, getting really clear on what that looks like. And making sure that all of that aligns with you and that brings you these, these core desires that you have deep within, deep within you and that you have this responsibility to feel those things and, and feel good and have fun. So that would be that. And then what else could they do to get started? Um, that doesn't involve working with me. Well, the Meraki statement is a free, free resource. So I would, I would say to check that out because the Meraki statement is something I designed to help people create a statement of what it is that they do. And it's kind of, I mean, think of it like an elevator pitch, but infused with like soulful strategy and your core desires. So it kind of helps you as you're writing it because it helps you figure out like, what it is you want to do and who it is you want to serve, but it also gives you confidence. Cause after you write it, you're like, Oh hell yeah, this is what I do. This is super clear. This makes so much sense. And then you get to share that with your people and that's you showcasing your unique gifts. So, um, yeah, for anyone listening, they can, they can go and grab that. I can give them a, a linky poo. Cool. We'll put the link in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And I love that, like, because I know that the resistance to create an elevator pitch can feel kind of flat, you know, and I love it's like, it's like infused with soul. (laughs) You got the soulfulness coming through. Yeah. Well, and I, we did a thread in the Lady Posse, I think it was last month where we were like, um, you know, describe to us what you do, like, give us your pitch kind of thing, right? 
And so many of us get stuck on that. We get stuck on the wording. Oh, I'm not sure. Does that describe what I do? Um, I don't know. What do I call myself? Like there's a lot of those sorts of questions that float around. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually curious. Did you notice that you changed like the title of what you do multiple times? Were you just clear from the beginning? 100%. Nope. I change it all the time. I I make the intention to on New Year's Eve change it, Hmm. like to kind of center with my goals for the year. So um. And then I, I change it as I'm attracting people I no longer feel I want to work with, right? Like for me this year, a big change and I made it was adding the wording, unwavering ambition, highly driven women. I always said, oh, I want to work with soul entrepreneurs. And as I attracted those this last year, I got a lot who were ready to do the work and a lot who weren't, right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm just not available for that anymore. I want to work with people who are really committed and have ambition and want to do the damn thing. So it was about putting those words back in the statement. So it, it's, it's this cool thing that I use for branding. Sure. And to share my gifts, but it also helps me, I think, become more of an energetic match for the next thing. Right. Yeah. I was just working with a client who wants to do more speaking. I was like, you need to put that you're a speaker in the statement, She's like, but I've only done one speaking game. I'm like, you're a speaker. Like we need to put it in the statement, you know, to yes. get in that energy of more. And so people know that you do speaking. So yeah, it's always evolving just as, as we're evolving. I think of it like I am a tree. My brand is the branches mm-hmm. and branches fall off and evolve. And then we grow new ones. And I think that's kind of how I see the Meraki statement too, is that it is an extension of us because it's a, a branding piece of our business. But as we change that statement's going to change and our title might change and we might call ourselves a life coach. And then we're like, Oh, that's really vague. I'm really more of like a mindset coach. Okay. But I want to work with stay at home moms. Actually, no, I want to work with recently divorced moms. Like it's, mm-hmm. it changes and it evolves. And I think that's, I think that's the way to go. I think a Meraki statement that never changes is a problem. Yeah. 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 So good. And it, just what I'm hearing you say too, is like, it's also, it's just as much for us as it is for our potential clients and people to witness us in that way. It's like, we are witnessing ourselves that way. Like I am a speaker. I'm not an aspired speaker. Yeah. I am yeah. a speaker, right? Totally. It's that ownership and like clarity to just stand in that. So good. So good. Just as much for us. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And that consistent evolution, I think, is incredibly important. I was just feeling into that as you were saying, and I was like, yep, and we get more clear, and then we choose again, and we get more clear, and we choose again. It's so good. So I love that. That contrast that we experience, I think, is the thing I've been feeling into the most lately. Like, if we are experiencing some kind of contrast, or we're we're attracting clients that we don't feel super excited to work with, like, all of that is juicy information to make a new choice. So good. Yeah. All the contrast. Yeah. So what's going on in your, uh, in your business? What's the best way for the women to get connected with you? Yeah, I'd say the best way for listeners that are vibing with me and want to get connected would be to come hang out on Facebook, Ashley Beals, super easy. Um, they can find me at my website, which has some free goodies. If they feel inclined, ashleybeals.com. And yeah, that's, that's really it. I don't have anything fancy. Just come, come connect. I'm on the, on the social medias, Ashley Beals, B as in boy, E-E-L-S, Ashley spelled the normal way. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere. So if you want to connect, reach out, I'd love to, to talk and have a conversation and go from there. Cool. And I totally dig how occasionally you post videos from the hot tub. 
<laughs> one of those. I think I've only done one or two, but um, every time I'm there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had my phone with me. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I joke that I should, my mom should have had a water birth because I just feel alive in water. Like, I don't know what it does. Well, I do, but I just, I, I'm feeling it every time I'm in water. Yeah. So yeah, I always need a journal or to do a video or something afterwards. <laughs> I've got all the things to say. Right. Yeah. I so feel you on that. Ladies, you know, just go follow her. Cause I mean, you might just be lucky enough to catch another hot tub stream. <laughs> there you go. Stream of consciousness from the hot tub. So good. Yeah. Love or it. you know what too, if they want to grab the Meraki statement, I can give them a direct link, which is at ashleybeals.com slash Meraki statement, M-E-R-A-K-I statement. Cool. And we'll put the link and stuff in the show notes too, ladies. If you, if you miss that or aren't writing it down. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I've loved listening to you and just getting to learn more about your world and what's going on and some of the unique things that we're all feeling into. I always think that like when we have these conversations, it's ultimately always perfect. There's always so many listeners that are like, oh, I needed to hear that exactly that today. So I love that we free float on that. Um, I'd love to hear your response to this. This is one of the things we always do on this show. It's just like a fill, fill in the blank kind of statement. If you truly want to improve your life, fill in the blank. Trust. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. So good. I closed my eyes to like really search in for the answer. And it was like the first thing that came to me. And I was like, I just have to trust the trust. So there we go. Yeah. Trust. trust in the trust, trust in the trust. Yeah. And I heard yeah. that interwoven and in throughout our whole conversation, you know, it's like, I think we can so easily look outwardly and try to find the right thing and try to get all the answers when really it's like, we can totally trust ourselves. Just going deeper into that. When you, um, I just actually just, I feel compelled to just ask you this because I'm, I'm always curious of people's experience of trust is like, what does micro trust feel like to you? Or what does trust feel like to you? Okay. Tell me what micro trust is. <laughs> oh, I use that term like, um, like even micro courage. So like when we feel like we can't go to the full gradient of like, I, but I don't feel like I can totally trust this. It's like just micro trust. Oh. Like just a little Ooh, bit. I like that. Just like a little, okay. just a little. Micro trust feels like I'm questioning something. Mm. So I'm like, Ooh, I shouldn't do this. I should cancel. I'm like, Oh, it's like the trust is coming up. And then my ego or my mind is like, yeah. Nope, let's yeah. stay comfortable. Let's stay safe. So I think micro trust feels like for me, um, when I'm getting slightly uncomfortable and I trust that I need to do it, but then my mind and ego is like, let's stay comfy and just stay not doing that uncomfortable thing. And then the full extension of trust feels like nothing and feels like everything at the same time, because there's no, um, I guess it feels like peace. Like there's no questioning and you're not even really aware you're trusting. You're not like, Oh man, look at me. I'm totally trusting right (laughs) now. Maybe like afterwards, but during it, you're just like in flow and you're just like going with it. And there's no questioning it. It's like the soul's voice, right? Like our mind is very logical and it's like, should I go to that party tonight? Oh, but so-and-so is going to be there. Oh, but there's going to be this really great food. And like, it tries to like weigh out the option, but the soul's voice is like, I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's like how I trust, right. It's like listening to that soul, soul voice that mm-hmm. sometimes isn't logical. And then my mind can come in and be like, wait, don't, don't you remember? Like so-and-so is going to be there. And that's when I'm like, oh, but wait, let's trust and listen to the Zul voice. It mm-hmm. had, it knew. And I don't know why, right? But I don't need to know why because I trust. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So good. So if you know you need to be at the party, just go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need to weigh it all out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Ashley. This has been a total blast chatting mm-hmm. with you. And ladies, reach out to Ashley. She's a real human being, you know, and <laughs> you can just message her and have a conversation. And I'm sure she would love to hear what you took from this episode and just any questions that you might have. So we'll put all the links and stuff in the show notes. And was there anything I didn't ask you or any points that we didn't make that you would love to just at the end here? Or do we complete it? Tie it in a bow. I just trust that uh, (laughs) we covered it all. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much for coming on the show, darling. And uh, thanks ladies for tuning in. We'll talk to you in the next one.